Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to What? That Old Queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> Old Queen. It's a very close day today, Tommy. The door, front door wide open. I know, and I'm still sweating like a pig in here. <laughs> <laughs> you got this, Bernie. I know, I can do it. I try not to electrocute myself by dripping all over the equipment. <laughs> How many times has someone said to you, you got this today? Um, that's the first time, actually. Okay, because I've started keeping a tally have you? Uh, yeah, I've just got two today. Okay, well, but most of the time I don't talk to anyone. I just need to keep saying it to myself or record you saying it, and then I can just play it to myself. You could just play this podcast over again. I could do that. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but how are you doing? How's your week been? Uh, not too bad, yeah. If you're a good boy, I've got behind me a Colin the Cake Oh, for you to have later. My neighbour just popped around with one for you. Oh. And one for me. That's very kind. And I love a Colin the Cake, do you? Are we going to do a snack out of it on Colin the Cake? <laughs> well, I think everyone knows the full flavour behaviour. <laughs> the caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. But was involved in a lot of controversy recently. Yes. Yeah. Colleen Nolan. Right. Because you know I'm obsessed with these women. Yes. Unfortunately for myself. Um, and everyone else who knows me, was on Loose Women today. And the presenter, Ruth, accidentally called her Colin. (laughs) (laughs) There was a comment made about it. Uh, She said, yes, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing about the Nolans is they've all got kind of interchangeable male and female names, haven't they? Because there was Bernadette, (laughs) who could be Bernard... Colleen, who could be Colin. What's the other ones? I can't remember. Those are our favourites. Yeah, they're our favourites, yeah. Ooh. 
we got the door open, so you're going to hear all the traffic and workmen today. So how's your week been, anyway? Yes, it's been an interesting week. I um, was invited to do a very corporate gig um, for a, 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 a company. I don't know if I'm supposed to say who they are, so I won't. Okay. Um, but it was just um, me talking about my work to uh, a worldwide company. So people were on a Zoom call from all around the world. And, the, and actually 100 people logged on, which was much more than I actually anticipated. Wow. I did prepare quite a lot for this presentation, which was very informal, just me talking. It was kind of like a chat show, really, mm. about my work. But halfway through the call, and I'm doing my Zoom call in front of my front door by my desk, mm. um, my new telephone mobile oh, phone. I think I noticed the yeah, new was delivered. iPhone. Yeah, so I had to stop what I was doing and receive a, a package. Mm. Um, but yeah, it went very well. The presenter was saying like, this is a worldwide, you know, it was it was a worldwide LGBT event where they were talking about my work in terms of like how I work with archives and stuff, tell stories that are hidden in some way. Um, and then the presenter was like, if you, you know, if you're living in a certain country and you know someone like, might be like Tom that, you know, would be a brilliant guest, then please get in touch. Um, like if you're in Albania, for example, there might be someone th that you can recommend. And I said, well, we all need an Albanian friend in our <laughs> life. And um, then this woman piped up saying, I'm from Albania. <laughs> so are you now her friend? I hope so. I mentioned this podcast and they all said that they'd um, listen in. So a big hello to the... Ver um, I'm going to say Vertex because they were... Okay. I think it's fine. Yeah. And hello to the Albanian contingent. We're very big in Romania. So why wouldn't be big in Albania? I have no idea. Well, I think we As well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Wow. I think that's fabulous. And hello to our Albanian, our new Albanian listeners. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to try and get the alternative narrative gig to Eurovision next year, aren't we? Has someone asked us to present the commentary? No, but I'm hoping they will. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone suggested that we should. And one of our guests, uh, Boogaloo Stew, has already done that. Instead of Graham Norton? Well, there were, I think, one year... I think... I don't know if they do it every year, but they had an alternative commentary. Oh, OK. And, and Boogaloo Stew did it. I can't remember if they did it one year or two years. I think you have to press the red button in order to access it. Oh, OK. Well, you know, we had a brilliant night at the Eurovision. Um, it was such fun. And I watched it two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> And still enjoyed it. So, you know, there's dedication for you. So, yeah. I'm obsessed with Mayor of East Town. Have you seen that? Not yet, no. Oh, it's so gripping. I'm, I'm like on episode four or something. And last night I considered just staying up all night and just watching all of them because it's so brilliant. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like the best telly. On what platform? Um, it's on, I think it's on Now TV or Sky. Okay. Yeah. Your mum's telly doesn't get it, basically. It doesn't, no. It's very terrestrial, my mum's telly. <laughs> but we've got fantastic guest coming up. We've got Scott Flashheart Elliot from the multi-award winning Probably True podcast, amongst other things. I've been listening to it today. Yeah, it's good. 
It's really good. There's like two different components of it, it feels like. There's the kind of section with the guests and then there's these, I don't know, like audio essays where he, yeah. he speaks about issues that he feels passionate about. Yeah, it's good. And also they're quite short, so they're easy to listen to mm. other than the 70-minute epic that we tend to put out. <laughs> <laughs> His is small but perfectly formed, does is never mind the quality, feel the width. So <laughs> I said that before. Okay. <laughs> well, and with that in mind, this episode is sponsored by the Grand Canarian Tourist Board. <laughs> Not really. Me, you, Ryan, and Peter Baker were having a drink the other day, and we started talking about this phenomenon, which is a gay mecca on Gran Canaria, mm. which is the Yumbo Centre. Mm. And I've always wanted to make a documentary about it because it is quite a phenomenon. And I've always wanted to star in a documentary about well, it. Well, I wanted you to star in the documentary about it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're thinking of maybe doing a What That Old Queen funded documentary about the Yumbo Centre. Yeah. Um, but I thought we'd do a little piece on it, which is not so little, uh, just to give people a bit bit of background in case they haven't experienced the delight, haven't experienced the delight of the Yumbo Centre. It's quite a phenomenon. And when people think about gay destinations, they think about San Francisco or London or Berlin, uh, Thailand, you know, all of those places. But one of the biggest gay meccas is played at Inglés in Gran Canaria. And people from all over the world, all over Europe, go to it. Mm. Uh, because it's pretty good weather all year round, isn't it? It's beautiful weather, yeah. Especially in, like, I always find the most depressing month is uh, January. And it's beautiful in January. Mm. I've been a lot to the Canary Islands in January. I've been once yeah. in January, yeah. And it's probably a nice time to go because it's not too hot then. Mm, yeah. Whereas in the summer, sometimes it's it's a bit blazingly hot. Mm. But anyway, shall we get our teeth into mm. a little bit of the history and the experience of the Yumbo Centre, and Lorraine Bowen has, has written a song about it, which we will play out uh, in the break, because she's kindly given us permission to include it in our podcast. And it is actually one of my favourite songs, and once you've got it in your head, you can't get it out. You can't get it out, and actually, it it probably tells you everything that we're just about to tell you anyway, <laughs> apart from the... In song form. In song form, yeah. <laughs> so in spoken word, we're going to do this. Do you want to do the first one? Because you've got, a, you've got an editorial change for this one, haven't you? Um, the Yumbo Centurium, Spanish El Centro Commercial Yumbo. Is that all right? Uh, yeah, El Centro Commercial Yumbo. <laughs> um, is a shopping centre in the island of Gran Canaria in the Canary Islands, the world's biggest and only LGBT shopping centre. It's an enormous area open every day of the year designed 100% for the entertainment of gays, lesbians, bisexuals and transgendered people. The shopping centre consists of a series of open-air courtyards and terraces. It has over 200 shops and international restu restaurants situated over multiple floors, ranging from clothes, shoes, perfume, your favourite, Tommy, and jewellery to electronics. And my absolute favourite is fridge magnets. <laughs> There's a lot of fridge magnets and uh, penis-shaped bottle openers as well. <laughs> Access to the ground level with retail floors on several levels below ground. I'm absolutely gutted that my fridge won't take a fridge magnet. Will it not? No, it's oh, not magnetic. It's integrated, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. The Yumbo Centre is also noted for its busy nightlife and its 
popular attraction for LGBTQIA plus visitors, offering a wide range of gay bars, discos, nightclubs and drag cabarets. In May and November, the events of the annual summer and winter Grand Canaria Gay Pride celebration are usually centred on the Yumbo Centre, attracting several thousand participants. Uh, Since opening in 1982, it has been the busiest and liveliest part of the town that rivals even the beachside. How can it not? Almost everything a holidaymaker would want to do, buy, eat or drink and see within the property not to mention it's open 24 7 to add color and excitement to everyone's day or night when we were there you know they get the restaurant owners out into the main central part of it and one of the restaurant owners came up to our group and was like trying to tempt us into his restaurant he was saying in our restaurant we have cheeses from all around the world (laughs) (laughs) we just kept saying that after the for the whole week of the holiday cheeses from all around the world what did you did you respond in spanish me come queso i didn't no we just laughed in his face that means i eat cheese that's the only thing i could remember when i was in spain last anyway um (laughs) very useful i would yeah well would be useful for that restaurant uh to say the yumbo centrum has plenty of restaurants is an understatement it literally is the united nations of cuisines furthermore most of them are the best ones to represent their country's cooking whatever menu and palate demands be it Belgium, Chinese, Danish, English, German, Indian, Italian, Spanish and others, the plate will satisfy. It's undoubtedly within its four floors. Yumbo Centre is a paradise for all types of shoppers. It also is a favourite of people who love luxurious brands. That's me. Um, (laughs) Due to the Canary's taxation system, considered to be the best in Europe, items such as fashion pieces, jewellery and perfume are way cheaper there. There's also a bounty of bazaars where haggling skills are put to good use and budgets can be stretched. Necessity shoppers in the right place. The supermarkets here are quite extensive and have all the essentials and that's by day and this is this is the wonderful thing about the center is that it is 24 7 so by day it's cafes and shops but as soon as the night sky appears the family-friendly yumbo retires as if it never existed bright neon signs take the place of the sun and light up the building it's liveliest as soon as the clock strikes 7 p.m along with loud music and intense lights establishments have individual character too what sort of individual character Uh, well you've been there you know (laughs) well there's lots of different themed kind of restaurants and bars and lots of drag bar i think one of the drag bars i went to was called la belle i think we're talking about those now okay yumbo is home to 20 gay friendly businesses and their concepts make them stand out Ever heard of fetish bars, dark rooms and leathers? Yes, the most popular gay bars and entertainment lounges are Adonis, Junior, um, Ricky's Cabaret, Sparkle's Show Bar, which I follow on Instagram and they do live shows. It's my taste, but I think they're awful. (laughs) That's probably why I follow them. And Wonder Bar. For those who just want a night over cocktails and music, try Eiffel Bar or Mystique Bar. Okay. So the next couple of bits are from bringyourgayholidayoutofthecloset.com. Just rolls off the tongue, that one, doesn't it? (laughs) So hardly any of the spots at the Yumbo are crowded. 
The laid-back atmosphere can be explained not only by the size of the place, but because everyone there is on holiday. The good vibes hit you as soon as you walk in the door, and you feel much safer here at three in the morning than on the streets of any capital city. At the Yumbo, you can dress as you like because everything's normal here. It says you can wear Armani jeans. Are they normal for you? It's normal. Yeah. Um, you can wear a tank top from the Chinese shop. That's also normal. Or if you're into uniforms and leather, you can do that too. That's normal. Yeah. Um, to the point that the leather man go out on the streets already decked out in their harnesses, and they head over to a bar and restaurant on their way to their favourite club. Now that was not my experience of it at all. Was it? It was very generic, like. I would say tight t-shirts and skinny jeans. How long ago was, was it you went? <coughs> Excuse me, I got something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> From the Yumbo Centre. I, I think it's a tight t-shirt. <laughs> From four years ago. <laughs> it was four years ago that I was there. Okay, but well, obviously changes over time. And I guess at different times of year when different events are on. Well, they probably have little festivals, don't they? Yeah, yeah. The positive attitude also extends to the waiters and other staff, as well as their professionalism and ability to brighten up the place, which they certainly do. They really make an effort to ensure people enjoy the experience to the full. In Masplomas, Europe's biggest resort, they're always conscious of the importance of visitors. Let me take you by the hand where <laughs> memberships a smiling face rub shoulders against the stars. In Mass Palamas. Yeah. <laughs> um, ultimate Yambo travel tip have fun to open new things and keep an open mind. The Yambo Centre is a round the clock wonderland for. Um, I was going to read that as vaccinators. <laughs> um, vacationers. Vacationers. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe more. it is vaccinators now, though. <laughs> from all walks of life. I'm distracted because my fridge is piping up again. Thus are these hordes of people with different preferences and interests. The diverse crowd also makes an excellent place to visit. Um, while at it, um, taste different cuisines at every meal. Chooses from all around the world. Um, shop till you drop. Wake up to the bar hop all night and see drag shows too. I we, think we saw a drag show and everyone was chain smoking in a very small room and it made me quite ill. Did it? Mm. I think you just need to chain smoke with them. That that kind of well, I think that was it. the part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when in Rome. <laughs> do Do you think your fridge has started up because you mentioned it and it's jealous of not having a fridge magnet from the well, Yumbo Centre? I've got a little trick with the fridge mag. With the, <laughs> yeah, is I put a, I put a, I put a sixteen kilogram. Um, kettlebell on top of it and it does stop it yeah well we'll try that in the break okay <laughs> it's exciting isn't it but so um, obviously we've done a huge advertisement for the yumbo center now so we're, we're going to get free drinks when we go back there right well hopefully uh, i have free so airplane tickets as well <laughs> yeah just a free holiday would be lovely yeah. thank you mass palomas uh, tourist board but it is quite a phenomenon and i just kind of love it there and it's i quite like this culture of like multi-use shopping centres in a way that we we kind of have it a bit here but because we don't have the weather and they're not open air and mm. it's just just an odd unique kind of experience there isn't it and yes it is a little bit tacky and it's not particularly cool but it's also 
quite exciting and vibrant. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I I love the tackiness of it. Um, I like the kind of weird concreteness of it as well because it feels very like it's just landed. There. Yeah, doesn't feel like it's related to any of the landscape. No, there was talk that they they might shut it down because I think they had a right wing kind of leader in government. Hmm. But I, I don't think that's going to happen because Spain is one of the most kind of gay, LGBTQ plus friendly places in the world, isn't it, at the moment? I haven't got my figures t- to hand. Okay. It's not, in, uh, it's not in my portfolio. Is it not? <laughs> that's what the health minister kept saying on Radio 4 today. Okay. <laughs> it's a good retort. Yeah. Anyway, that is a fabulous Yumbo Centre. Tommy and I have some particular stories to tell, but maybe we'll, um, we'll leave that for the documentary great that we're gonna do but we'll play out with Lorraine Bowen's song in the break and we'll if you don't know Lorraine she was one of the finalists on Britain's Britain's Got Talent yes all her songs are on SoundCloud and um, she's got a brilliant website too yeah and we're hopefully gonna have her as a guest soon as well so we'll play out with uh, Lorraine and we'll see you after this with Scott by day it's just a market area Tacky shops, it's quite hilarious A concrete jungle called the Yombo A gay resort with plenty of bumbo fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so we're back, and we have a fabulous guest, uh, Mr. Scott Flashheart Elliot from the Probably True podcast, which is stories of queer life and even queerer sex. He's a multi-award-winning writer, editor, and producer with a background in award-winning content creation and a passion for elegant communication of great ideas. I took that off your website. Um, <laughs> I a, like that elegant communication. I know, it is quite elegant as well. Well, I like to think so. <laughs> I mean, keep going, don't, don't stop. Keep okay, talking. I'm, I'm just going to take this other line, which I quite liked <laughs> off your website. In a previous life, I co-founded and directed the UK's largest and fastest growing lifestyle magazine. What was that? It were, Back in the day, oh, this is some time back, it was called uh, So So Gay. I didn't name it my business partner at the time named it um, okay but yeah it was a, a long time ago did you, did you hear of it when it was out no was it a magazine uh, no it, it was uh it was an online magazine so it was okay. mostly just just like a, a website with articles i it. thought it might be Think. one of those magazines that you that are usually in the gay bars we did want to do that but it cost a lot of money and that was what kind of uh tripped it up in the end we didn't have any cash yeah i, I used to take them home mind. and have a little wank over the center <laughs> Well, who didn't? I, I've, I've certainly done that before. There was, there was one I remember. There was a lovely young man in, you know, they do the nightclub section where some arty photographer goes around and takes pictures of all the pretty boys dancing and getting sweaty. There was one of a boy with uh, a glow stick hooked onto the, the his Prince Albert, and that's all I remember. That's I, I'm a, I, I couldn't tell you what he looked like or anything. He just had a glow stick hanging off his knob. Oh. I wonder if somewhere on the internet that photo still is there. <laughs> should we track it down? So. <laughs> I, think, I think we should. There were a couple of lovely young men in those things that I just kind of like, you know, when you get a little bit of a crush on someone just from a photo and you're like, oh, one day I shall meet him and he shall fall in love with me and we shall be married in the spring. It never happened. Oh. Maybe that's for the best, really. Uh, oh, maybe not. Who knows? It still could happen. And you worked as a professional masseur. I did, in Soho, yes, for four and a half years. It was exhausting. I ended up running the place, actually, because I was working with a lot of girls who were very... They were beauty technicians, um, and uh, there was a lot of beauty involved. Um, <laughs> so they needed someone who could do a spreadsheet and, and like cash out the till at the end of the night. So I ended up running the bleeding place, which was fun. Are you going to ask me if I gave happy endings? That's usually the question that follows that first one. Uh, I wasn't going to. Didn't enter my mind. <laughs> But well, I mean, you missed an opportunity to hear a story there, then. Haven't you, you? you can oh, well. tell us if you want. 
Well, I, I, I told, I, I talked about this with some friends of mine once and uh, my Spanish friend who's, who I think maybe because English was a second language or just because he doesn't, he's quite uh, straight to the point. Uh, I kind of said, well, if I did, I certainly didn't charge extra. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, so you were a whore?" I'm like, "No, no, I didn't. I didn't charge anyone." He said, like, "Oh, you were a stupid whore." I'm like, <laughs> All right, yeah, that's. Uh, I see your point. <laughs> yeah, it, there were. It, it got to the point where I didn't. Uh, where the owners were being uh, dicks and just kind of running everyone into the ground on minimum wage, and uh, so occasionally uh, noshing off a client just to kind of <laughs> fuck you at them was naughty but a lot of fun it perked up my day it was a little bonus naughty but so, nice oh yes <laughs> so tell us about your podcast multi-award winning podcast probably true oh, which i love less tommy loves okay oh yay thanks guys um so yeah it's think somewhere between like lily savage and carrie bradshaw is kind of where i sit myself a little bit kind of sarky and silly and uh, ridiculous, but with a kind of got me to thinking moment in there as well, which makes the whole thing a bit classier, I think. One of those than just um, me telling stories. One of those got me to thinking moments felt like uh, in a recent episode. I've been listening to them over the last couple of days. Was uh, you talking about um, a feeling of real anger about the the kink at Pride and a rant that you have created in your head and you wanted to create a post about, but you felt so angry about it that you actually haven't um, recorded it or put it out there. And I wondered in that feeling of like how rants become kind of a bit more subdued after time, have you got to a point where you might be able to spill the beans on on the flavor of that rant oh i can if you want me to um <clears throat> excuse me uh, i posted it. it it's available uh in full on my on my uh patreon my podcast's patreon account if you want to support the show uh you can go and listen to me uh rack off half a thing but i can t- i can give you the highlights um uh i think that the my main thoughts around it were that a lot of the communities that are kind of clusters kink by heteronormative people the kind of leather and latex and uh, all of that kind of thing were instrumental in the kind of late 80s early 90s in forming kind of replacement families for those who either didn't have or were disowned by their biological families and so they have an important part to play in the queer community and they need to be recognized and kind of whitewashing them out because straight people want to bring their kids or even gay people now want to bring their kids and they don't want them to have to experience that side of the uh, community is doing a disservice to to uh, the the kink part of thing. I think one of the I've, I've listened to a lot of discussions about this as I was trying to form my opinion and rolling the whole thing around in my head. And I think there's a real difference between people wearing the clothes and people actually having sex in public. The the former I'm all for, the latter not so much. Mm. Um, and I think. And it does become very difficult to draw that line because that's the the thing of fetish is that it's that sex, that sexual things don't have to involve nudity or penetration. It can be like the dom sub relationship. It can be pups on leads and things like that. So again, it's iffy, but I would say that uh, kink is, should be welcome at pride in my opinion, but people like having sex or doing drugs openly should not. Uh, which, uh, which of course, the things that people hold up as the examples that, that shouldn't be allowed. But then, if you look at um, 
things like Carnival uh, or um, not so much, uh, I mean, Notting Hill Carnival, maybe, but I'm thinking more the bigger, more raucous ones kind of in the US and uh, maybe South America. I don't know. I'm not really up on those. They're not LGBT, but they still have a lot of people having sex and being overtly sexual. And it seems that there's a little bit of a double standard there. It's like, oh, the gays can't do this, but we're not going to hold the straight thing up to the same kind of thing. It but is, even something like Boomtown feels so hedonistic, you know, that it, it it probably does have that double standard, really, because it is about looking for something to criticise. Yeah. Well, lots of festivals do. I mean, festivals in general are pretty hedonistic. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I think that the, the hedonism has a part to play in all that. I just don't think you should be uh, getting your dick soaked on Regent Street. Sorry, can I... Uh, it's all right if I, if I swear. Yeah, of I course right it is. Words, like, okay, just checking. We're explicit. Just don't say Regent Street. Yeah, don't... Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. Don't um, say heterosexual. I, okay. Okay. No. <laughs> Readers, horrible. Um... And I think uh, a lot of the time when people say, oh, think of the children, or I want to bring my kids, I can't bring them because it's not family friendly. And that's very much the heteronormative idea of what a family is, for one thing. Yeah. And two, uh, the kids, if there's if the kids see people in funny outfits, they're going to see people in funny outfits all day. There'll be people wearing, like, fantastic drag outfits. There's always the kind of... Uh, people in their pants and speedos and things like that and then there'll be people in leather and uh, jock straps or um, PVC or something uh, latex or something equally uh, sexy I don't and that all they'll see is people in fun outfits that's all that the kids will care about unless there is actual sexy stuff happening that someone has to explain to them afterwards I don't see a problem with that was kind of where I was going for it. And I think, and I feel like these conversations are always kind of thrown around to uh, so discord and, and, and get some arguments going that don't really need to be there by people who would seek to divide us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been quite kink positive, haven't we? Because yeah. we've explored lots of kinks. We've, we've done yeah. features on kink. We used to play. I actually was going to play Kink My Bluff with you. Uh, to see it, test your knowledge on kink, but we can save that for another time. Uh, in answer to my question, it does feel like, you know, that feeling of being really angry about something has actually formed into something quite articulate that you can talk about <laughs> well in terms of, like, not just shouting. And now, yes. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when I wrote the episode, uh, a bit less so, there was, there was quite a bit of shouting. Um, and um, I did kind of, in the in the uh, original script, I did kind of go off on one kind of saying how um, the people who are thinking that the way to be accepted by the breeders is to uh, be as, as like them as possible and to kind of change all the things that make... Uh, discard all of the things that make being queer fun so that we can be just like the straight people only one of both of us are boys instead of one of us is a girl mm -hmm. that's no that's no fun and you know the the original chant wasn't we're here we're queer but tell us if you want us to change we'll do whatever it takes until you like us that's not really what they were chanting back in the day so. <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> no no thank you queer podcast network is another thing that you've set up are yeah. we are we now automatically Got members? That. Sure, why not? Uh, congratulations. <laughs> um, yes, it was it was a thing I started back uh, before the world ended, um, just to give because I, I knew lots of people who 
were starting out and kind of getting into podcasting and no one was really helping them there were lots of people who were willing to pay to to charge them to help them mm. and i was just kind of like well you know i le- i worked it all out myself it's not difficult but it's nice to have someone to hold your hand and help you through it as i'm sure you guys kind of you you guys kind of did this yourselves didn't you you're not like are, are, you're not professional radio people well you could I, be. i'm a voice artist and audio producer okay. so well, there you go. i kind of knew a thing or two but it's been a huge learning curve doing a podcast as compared fun, to isn't it? yeah to uh, doing voiceovers corporate voiceovers which i do it is really good fun and also i think one of the reasons why i wanted to do it is because i do a lot of corporate stuff and i wanted to do something queer because i didn't want to be seen as the voice of the patriarchy <laughs> which <laughs> and, I, and i really yeah and i and also when i had the original idea i think when i emailed you I thought it was it was going to be me on my own and it was also going to be a similar kind of monologue thing that you do. Um, but then I thought no one's going to listen to it if it's just me on my own. So I asked Tom Marshman to do it with me and it's far more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. Like it is, um, I think you chose, you chose well there. I think if I went back to start again, I would um, possibly... I don't know because I'm so used to it now and I'm so this is the thing like I'm I make jokes about not having many friends but I'm I'm quite um introverted so I don't have uh that kind of close knit crew so to do it on my own was was uh, my first nature really but um it does get a little bit exhausting because if I don't do it it doesn't get done whereas between you you can spread the load as it were um <laughs> which is always fun um, um and, and kind of do bits and work together and you also have presumably uh you have your own kind of social circles so you're reaching out to two people's uh friend groups and beyond whereas my friends are all sick of me talking about it now (laughs) i'm sure that's not true because you're multi-award winning um and uh, i don't believe it either don't worry you don't need to you, you don't need to disguise that that confusion in your voice because i don't know how <laughs> well <laughs> not I not a clue um um what's the top tip to win an award um asking for a friend oh okay um because <laughs> we haven't I mean, won maybe. any <laughs> <laughs> but but you've had you have but you have such great content though like i i love you listening to your show i like i was saying earlier i've not made it through a whole episode but i do i kind of jump in and out i have this because i don't cause no one commutes anymore so I used to have like a good 45 minutes to an hour of like solid listening twice a day. Whereas now I just put one on while I'm cleaning the bathroom. Well, no, because that hasn't happened since lockdown. So um, when I go to the <laughs> shops for some, for when I go to Sainsbury's or something, but that's only, that's 10, 15 minutes. It's not long enough to get a full episode in. And if I press stop on an episode when I get back to my house, I won't come back to it. I'll always go on to the next one because I'm a horrible person and have a very And short I think that's why yours are quite good because you've got a selection of different lengths. Yeah. There was one that I was listening to about the island, um, yes. which I really liked. And it made me think oh, about the queer circle housing fundraising scheme that they're trying to, they're trying to put together, you know, like a queer um, like housing estate, I suppose, in Greenwich. Do you know that's about great. that? Um, not, oh, I've heard it mentioned, but I haven't kind of done any research on it, mostly because uh, at the moment I'm between jobs and hearing about other people having lovely houses really kind of gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, uh, but I was like, oh, good for them. 
but yeah, but you so, could be and, the and resident podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they've got a bajillion podcasters already. So many, but that'd be nice. Yeah, I could just walk around and be like, hey, listen to my voice. I'm talking. <laughs> um, but um, I suppose a top tip for podcasters. Oh, for being a good podcaster. No, not being a good one, just winning awards. Oh, just winning awards. Yeah. Oh, blow some judges. Yeah, that's what I do. I hasten to add, I haven't. I mean, I might have. I don't know who the judges mm. were. Uh, and, you know, the law of averages says it's possible. Um, you know, that there's going to be some overlap at some point. Um, uh, I think resonating, having uh, doing stuff that resonates with your audience, that makes people go, oh, yeah, I can see myself in that. Mm. Is kind of, and that's why I started mine because there were there were several podcasts of like well-meaning people sitting around, kind of going, "Oh yes, racism in the LGBT community—that's that's bad. We need to stop that." Mm, yes. Oh, and transphobia is a bad thing. Yes, yes, yes. And and it'll be three or four middle-class white guys. And I'm like, great. Well, I'm a middle-class white guy, and I'm bored of you, so I can't imagine anyone else is really enjoying it. Um, and so I kind of, yeah, I thought, well, what do I want to hear about? I want to hear funny, silly stories about like awkward sex that went wrong and stuff like that and, and well, well exactly yeah. and and that time like uh me and my first boyfriend were trying to have sex and, and uh a bottle of poppers slipped out of a lube cupboard hand and just splattered all over the floor and we nearly died because we couldn't because <laughs> we were in this very small bedroom um and uh yeah before we realized what was happening there were these fumes everywhere and we were all, we were both going really kind of dizzy and weird and we had to basically like leave the room and was there stop. no windows and, and there was a window but it was quite small and um so what we had we kind of legged it from the room uh like covering our modesty as this is student housing back in the day and um and then had to kind of like we were both just giggling our heads off. It took us like 20 minutes to stop giggling because we were so like oxygen deprived. <laughs> and then and then I had to kind of, uh, I kind of put a cushion over my face, charged into the room and opened the window as far as it would go and then ran out again and slammed the door. And we just had to kind of sit awkwardly in the living room in our pants for an hour <laughs> until until we thought that the fumes would have dissolved enough for us to be able to go back in. We'll get the shake and Ruined the carpet. Yeah, well, I ruined the carpet. Did Didn't it? get my deposit back. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> um, well, they are room odorizers, so I'm assuming that that's what they're for, right? Well, who wants their room to smell like felt tips? I've never understood this. Like, mm, mine does a bit. But... <laughs> I bet it does, you filthy bit. But, uh, but yeah, so, and, and there's no, there, were no, there were no fun, like, there was no fun side of uh, the LGBTQ experience, and so that's that's where I started. And then... I realized that um, having guests would be a good idea because there's a lot of stories that I can't tell because it's not in my little world because I've lived a very protected and sheltered life. And I'm and I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased, but I'm aware that a lot of people don't. And that shouldn't mean that they don't get to tell their stories too. Yeah. So, I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why we started the podcast because traditionally in the gay world, when you get older, you're kind of considered past it. And one of the reasons why we... We wanted to put a, a positive spin on being older in the LGBTQ plus community, but also make it fun and entertaining because some of the stuff that was out there wasn't. Yeah, and I mean the, the stuff that isn't definitely has its place. Like in terms mm. of it doesn't, and not everything has to be fun. There's a lot of stories that that need to be told that are um, about the suffering that our community's been through and that people have had to deal with. 
but it doesn't have to all be that. It's it's a bit like um, one of my jobs back in a previous life was as a, a queer film critic. And so I went to quite a few film festivals and stuff. And you could pretty much, for a while, not always, but almost a, a lot of the time, queer movies kind of fell into coming out stories, AIDS and misery stories, and then les- lesbian love stories, which without fail, end badly. I have yet to watch uh, a lesbian love story that ends happily ever after. And that might just, oh no, sorry, there was one that involved Lucha Libre wrestlers and was absolutely amazing. Uh, but all the others kind of, they, they fall in love and they suffer and then they must part and, and they're both broken hearted, staring out at the sea um, and all this kind of thing. Have you seen that um, Kate Winslet for, one? Oh God, which one was that one? It's, it's like- They all blur a f- after a while. It's like a fossil one. She's like a fossil lesbian. <laughs> A fossiling, a fossiling lesbian. She's not an actual fossil. She, 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 she likes. She's like an archaeologist. Yeah, she's an archaeologist. <laughs> okay, oh, <right>. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so um, no, <laughs> but was it any good? Did yeah, it end sadly? It does end sadly. It sort of has. There we go. It has the kind of same vibe as Portrait of a Lady, which I love as well. But yeah, okay. there, there's. It's not. It's not a happy ending. I didn't realise you were a gay film critic because oh, I made only... I made some gay films back in the day so you probably oh, yeah. criticised them really badly anyway no, well, um... <laughs> I, I, I always did my best to be I always did my best to be even handed and kind of work and, and not be like oh my god another coming out story we get it but there, there was always a soft spot for me where where a, a film would find joy in the queer experience because there is a lot of joy like yeah. um, I think as British people um, I don't like that phrase but we do seem to have a bit of a uh, a gallows humour. We 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 can find funny moments in quite heavy stuff quite a lot of the time. I'm I'm from Yorkshire, so kind of uh, Brastoff and The Full Monty were both uh, films that were kind of happening around the time I was growing up. Both kind of quite bleak and miserable settings, but funny and fun movies yeah. nonetheless. So, and I think actually the queer experience kind of exacerbates that in some ways <clears throat> yeah definitely um what my being northern yeah definitely <laughs> no. <laughs> no seeing the humor in the tragic or the kind of like the darkness yeah yeah definitely and uh, and i think as with everything it's the way you tell them you can have a really a really sad uh story that at the same time feels uplifting and and um you know, like fills your heart with something lovely, or you can just beat it into everyone, kind of Werner Herzog style, that life is meaningless and we're all going to die. It's up to you. Uh, you know, you choose your own adventure, don't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so you're taking a break from Probably True, which is why you're on holiday yes. on our podcast at the moment. I am. Well, I'm I'm more than happy to holiday on your podcast whenever you'd like. You okay. guys are a delight. and um, You're more than welcome I, to be I'm, here. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm in my speedos right now. You just can't tell because the the webcam doesn't uh, pan down far enough. Um, uh, okay, they're quite snug. <laughs> they're, they're, I bought them before the pandemic, and they're quite uh, they're a lot snugger now than they used to be. Um, yes, uh, because it's just me um, and countless guests. I do my best to um, I do about twelve episodes to a season, and then I have a couple of months off just to kind of recharge my brain juice and basically to have more bad sex so i've got things to come back and talk about because there's only so many bad sexual experiences you can have 
before um, you start to n- rerun the same well, story. Well, also, now we're, going, we're coming into the season of bad sex, I think, it as, is things, ba- are, as things are opening up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think everyone's... the bad sex commence. Is everyone just going to be a little bit more awkward now because some people haven't had sex for 18 months? I'm talking about myself I... here. So... <laughs> Um, is it all just going to be a bit awkward and have we forgotten how to do it, do you think? I mean, uh, I don't want to use the phrase like riding a bike um, because <laughs> uh, we've all ridden bikes. Um, I, I I feel like maybe, but maybe this is a time, and I think I, I, can't, I can't remember if I actually wrote this episode or if I just thought about it and then like went, oh, that's a good idea and didn't do anything with it. But I was going to do an episode on... Um, something quite similar on, on this is a chance to kind of reset and kind of go all right what what am i not getting from mm. my sexual experiences what would i what do i want and kind of realigning as it were that's a wanky marketing term i used to be a marketing wanky you can tell sometimes but i i, I hope i've kind of undone a lot of that but, but i've been uh, doing a lot of sort of co- um consultancy work for like organization arts organizations that i work with because they're kind of re reimagining what they might be when they open up so they're kind of like looking to create themselves as being more equitable as we move forward and i'm just like thinking well we all just need to do a bit of that work yeah like make your penis more equitable make make your your bum more enjoyable for you and for other people i mean that's basically what i've been doing this whole time wonderful that's what i've been doing for 40 years but you know (laughs) it hasn't worked yet I think that, and, and the focus for me for a long time, especially because I was, I never, it took me a long time to kind of accept that uh, I could be found attractive. Like for a lot of the time I would be like, oh, he's cute. Why does he want to sleep with me? That's very weird. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to like do anything that might discourage him. I'm just going to make sure he has great sex with me because if he leaves thinking we've had great sex, then maybe he'll tell his friends and maybe someone else will want to have sex with me rather than focusing on making it good for both of us i was doing a lot of as long as he's happy and then kind of just finishing finishing myself off after he's left the next morning or whatever next morning 20 minutes later um, <laughs> well and but i think a lot of queer people have that i think i've i've had that i think big and again i think it's it's the fact that we we're square peg round hole because we're fitting into a society that doesn't really fit with what we are, that we tend to have low self-esteem sometimes. Definitely. And um, especially if you don't uh, fit the uh, the standard template for what a, gay, a good gay is. And, you know, I, I grew up in the uh, 90s and 2000s, so the first time we saw gays on screen, it was um, Queer as Folk. So it was Charlie Hunnam as a 17-year-old, blonde and blue-eyed and, and beautiful with about 5% body fat, um, or the slightly older and slightly, actually slightly creepy and predatory Stuart Allen Jones and Vince Watson, his best mate. They, they, it, it's They're not now we wouldn't see them as particularly healthy role models but back mm. then that was all there really was it's the same with will and grace mm. they're both uh, obsessed with being thin and pretty and attractive to everyone and they speak in catty one-liners to each other and none of that is healthy uh, in reality but it was entertainment but i have to say with which... will and grace i i have watched like <clears throat> the comeback episodes and what i quite liked about it was it it was it was those queens, but now in their fifties and them dealing with being in their fifties, and that's what I loved about it because it, it kind of took away all of that mystique that they had before, and actually they're dealing with 
getting older and not being the prettiest you know. <laughs> okay well that's that's good because i didn't i didn't watch it because um i'd watched the i watched it through the first time i watched all of it when it was on in the early 2000s and then someone uh i and i was like unless it's going to be kind of very different i don't know if i'll go back to it and someone said oh no it's just more of the same as that well i don't need that but perhaps i was misinformed and i should give it a chance it, well it was kind of more of the same but with a different <laughs> outlook on it Okay. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's, so. I, I did see a chi- I did see a clip um, where Will was schooling some young twink on why Madonna was an icon because she kind of stood through the gate, stood with the gays through the eighties and nineties, which was, and she'd been there for the AIDS epidemic and all that kind of thing, which was nice. Uh, I was, I kind of think, oh, good, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't make me want to go back and watch the episode. So, so. we don't, ha- we don't need to do that with you now. What's that? Talk about how great Madonna is. Yeah. No, okay. my goddess of choice. <laughs> my my goddesses of choice are Kylie and uh, Cher in a kind of yin and yang. I know I've seen your in Cher we trust T-shirt, and I'm quite envious. Um, but uh, I, I I see Kylie and Cher as uh, yin and yang. They're they're um, like Kylie is light and joy and uh, sparkle, and Cher is uh, darkness and pain but moving through it, growing and becoming something new. Yeah. Um, it's like and me I think and you, yeah, yeah. Which one are we? Aww. <laughs> Am I Cher? Yeah. <laughs> I'm darkness and pain, obviously. <laughs> and um, older. Uh, anyway, shall we do some Queens of Agony? Surely, yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay. No. Um, I can do a big gong, because that's what I do. Yes. Well done. Can you hear that? Your end. I, I could. You must yes. be popular <laughs> with a gong like that. I know, right? We have a little gong bath before we do this. So, dear old queens and Scott, uh, <laughs> in what ways, apart from being gay, are you different from the norm slash majority, especially the ones by choice? I was thinking recently that being gay in some ways has made it easier for me to go against the grain in other ways, as well as by giving me confidence to be different, stand by my convictions and not be bothered about being the minority. I appreciate being gay is not a choice, but I think it affected the choices that I actually make. My traits are gay, adoptive parent, vegan, immigrant, atheist, stay at home dad. P.S. Just as I typed that out, I realised I'm the Conservatives' bogeyman. LOL. Um, <laughs> well, uh, ah, do, so do is th- he the stay-at-home dad? He's the stay-at-home dad. Mm. Uh, so, do you think being gay has given you different life choices from the norm anyway? I think right? you have to look at the whole picture, really. Like, identities are intersectional, and, you know... I there's many aspects that make up who I am. Um, Some of them is my background. Um, Some of them is, you know, I have dyspraxia and dyslexia. Um, And I'm an artist, which is, people often struggle to get their head around how I actually, what I actually do in a day and how I could actually be busy when actually they only see me do a show. Well, they haven't seen me do a show for about a year and a half properly <laughs> um yeah so the, so there's many aspects that make me who i am and i think being gay is just one of one of the many yeah but do you think being gay has helped you make those choices about being choosing a different career path oh is that the question kind of i think 
Um, I mean, it's not necessarily about career. I think it's about everything. Yeah, I think it's all wrapped up. Yeah, it's all wrapped up together. I think for me, I identify as a as a femme gay man. So I think that is not not that sort of sits quite uncomfortably with society. I think. Yeah. How about you, Scott? <coughs> oh, sorry, I'm just going to cough all over you. <laughs> well, we were. Very... I mean, we were talking. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of Zoom. We were talking off. Cough away. <laughs> we were talking off microphone about perhaps you know difficulties in finding long-term relationships, as one does. Do mm. you think because you've made dif- different life choices because you're gay, that might be another reason for that? This is this is interesting. Actually, I've been talking about this with a, a friend of mine. I. I often find myself othered and often I find myself being the one that has othered me, which is a little bit meta. So I'll, I'll kind of explain that a little bit better. Um, I often find myself being on the outside, not kind of uh, connecting properly or being a part of the the, the group or whatever. I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable standing back and, and watching. I'd like to say I'm quite introverted a lot of the time. And, and I think like, Growing up gay in a Yorkshire mining town, it's very kind of Billy Elliot, even share the surname, except he spells it wrong. And I can't dance. I'm also mildly dyspraxic, so uh, it, it's just kind of stomping about rather than dancing. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I don't know whether I would say that I'm completely other because that I, I have that feeling of not being a part of things because I'm gay, or whether because that, or whether it's fed into it. But I like, I think. Uh, like you were saying, the, it, they all kind of roll into one. It's very difficult to say these things are because of this and these things are because of this. So I say, uh, uh, yes, I'd say so. But there's there's elements. I think everything feeds into everything else, like you were saying. And um, yeah. Well, I think I yeah, I kind of think because I don't have to follow like a heteronormative life like getting a partner having a baby buying the house and all of those things which are just seen as things that you do in society i think being gay has helped me make different life choices because of that so i think i think this guy's right in a way i also think that you when i think about that question i also think about historically you know like there is a sense of a stigma around being gay and you can't help but feel that our queer ancestors within that mm. do you know what i mean yeah. I, I can't really explain it very well but that 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 we are a product of 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 we live in a much more liberal world now but but there's the, there's still a relationship to past which we're bringing forward in our in the way that we interact with the world now yeah yeah, because they would be seen as eccentric and flamboyant mm. and not the norm. Or well, they'd have to hide everything about who they were to yeah. be seen yeah, as the norm yeah. and, and that can, which, yeah. That could be um, shame yeah. attached. But I, I agree, like, uh, again, northern mining town, like, the, the, the life that was pretty much ahead of me uh, as a when I was, like, 14, 15 was marry someone that I probably have already met and went to school with, uh, get a job, squirt out a few kids, die and that was pretty much it that mm. was that was your life really um and i can't say that appealed no uh which is why i moved to the big city and stumbled around drunk for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> well we're stumbling around drunk in this podcast anyway Hooray! let's mo- let's move on <laughs> this is- and i think as long as they're proud as long as they're happy and comfortable with who they are then uh, i think that's the main thing yeah, yeah and i think this person is so yeah they sounded it yeah yeah um, for them. Okay, 
dear old Queens and Scott, uh, uh, obsessively turned on by my husband sleeping with other people. So I've been with my husband for 11 years. We have an open relationship that allows us to have one night stands. But for years now, I've been extremely turned on by my husband when he sleeps with other people. It's gotten to the point where I barely get turned on by other guys and only want to sleep with my husband and especially right after he's just shagged someone else. (laughs) I read somewhere that (laughs) this is psychologically about sperm competition that drive that leads to increased arousal when you have competition. I rarely hook up with other guys, no matter how sexy they are, because they don't turn me on. If I hook up with another guy, all I can think of is my husband with another guy. I'm finding it starting to become debilitating and I feel like I need to regain some power. Do you have any advice? Is it like a cuckold thing or is it something different? I, I don't think he's there while they're in the act, but he just likes to hear about it afterwards. And, uh, and then have a go immediately afterwards. His poor husband must be knackered. Like, <laughs> I can, I'm, I'm barely able to manage one guy a night, then to have, to have sex with this random and then come home and have my husband be like, ooh, tell me all about it and then do, do me. I'm like, mm. uh, <laughs> I, I don't see... I mean, I'm not really sure what the problem is. Like, he's complaining that he doesn't really want to hook up with other people. Like, all right, fine. Like, you don't have to. One no. of the joys of, of of being in an open relationship is that you're open to do as much or as little of the extramarital stuff as you want to, surely. It's not like there's a quota. I feel um, like he's t- feel testing like... the water to see if he feels that he's, his behaviour is in any way normal. But I know a lot of people that have open relationships and this really gets... A, so back in the day um, when gaydar was a thing, I got chatting to a guy who was in an open relationship and it was r- right when I kind of first heard about open relationships who wanted to sleep with me and obviously I was... Uh, looking for a boyfriend which uh, didn't happen but um i was really curious about what this uh, what the situation was with open relationships and i i uh, now i actually quite like the idea of it i think everyone should have an open relationship and they said exactly the same thing they said it's really hot when they go out and have sex with somebody else and then they come home and tell their partner about it and i thought maybe this is one of the reasons to do it yeah because it kind I mean, of i have ignites their relationship and their sexual relationship in a way yeah definitely i i have a um i have a lover in manchester who i saw uh, quite recently i accidentally gave him chlamydia but that's another story um and he and one of the things that i really uh enjoyed uh about when we get together is that we can uh tell each other sexy stories about the stuff that we've been up to mm. and it turns the other one on and occasionally there is there are photos and videos to go along with it we can do a whole presentation about um who was doing what to whom and and that for me is really sexy that really gets me going i mean it it helps that he's there with me i imagine if like he put on a zoom call so i could watch him have sex in a different part of the country wouldn't be quite the same no but hearing about it and all that yeah definitely gets me going i i feel i i wonder if there's a little bit of this of almost like and I don't want to I don't know this person that's emailed in obviously and I don't want to uh, like project anything of mine onto them but I but I wonder if there's a little bit of 
residual shame uh, around the open relationship kind of mm. sexy kind of thing because i'm because i'm wondering if there's a little bit of oh i shouldn't like this i shouldn't want to know about it they should do it without telling me and it should be something that we never speak about when much more healthily the thing would be to talk about it and if you find it sexually arousing then brilliant i mean as long as your husband's got another one in him otherwise he's going to be like <laughs> sore more than anything well maybe but, they could leave it a day um, or something <laughs> Yeah, like have a go in the morning when he's had a nap and a Gatorade. Give him a chance to recharge. But I, I think I, I, I don't see a problem really. And part of that that made me smile was uh, the, the, the the slight tone of worry that they're only attracted to their own husband. And like, <laughs> that that that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Um. But I don't see any as long as everyone's happy and there's a lot of communication happening and all of that i think that sounds wonderfully healthy and i'm actually mildly envious and i think as well like part of the joy of an open relationship as far as i can see because i am quite a lazy person is i can outsource the bits that i'm not in the mood for like if if my significant other is all randy and stuff i can say that get on grinder and pop down the road i'll have your tea ready for when you come home that for me and i can sit and watch telly like catch up on my netflix for me that is well what i was thinking was i would actually like to receive a letter from the partner as but, well and just to get maybe, another perspective maybe we'll get the retort next yeah. week that's true just just the partner going i'm so tired i'm so sore everything is spongy and bruised please leave me alone i don't want a re- open relationship anymore um okay uh anyway i i like you scott i think there's no problem here and i think that's all perfectly fine and healthy uh, i think maybe he's probably thinking i should be out there having sex with other people and enjoying it as well but you know maybe that'll come at some point yeah and and like um the idea of being sex positive is to be yes having as much sex as you want is great but but also if the amount of sex you want to have is very little then that's also fine you don't need to be having a lot of sex to be sex positive indeed okay let's move on uh got two more questions dear old queens uh weird fetish size difference is this weird slash odd (laughs) everyone thinks they're weird today and it's all fine (laughs) nobody's weird i feel so weird when i was little my older brother played football and his teammates would come over and lift weights in our basement one was this really tall muscular guy he was like a giant to me when i was in college a guy on our rugby team was six foot seven and looked like a bodybuilder He loved showing off his body and his size and strength and would walk around lifting guys, wrestling them, and would do curls with some of the guys. I love that. (laughs) I'd get so turned on. Well, this week... Me too. Keep talking. (laughs) Well, this week, I met this guy who's seven foot tall. Wow. Good Lord. And I was hard as a rock the entire time I stood there looking up and talking to him. What's up with that? It seems so weird and bizarre. I'm generally not atta- not attracted to average men, but if, if they're at least eight inches taller than me or super muscular, I get hot and bothered. Again, I don't see a problem with this. I just no. think, like, I, mean, I-, I just want to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yes <laughs> i i kind of go the other way i um i tend to prefer boys that are a little bit shorter than me mainly because they're easier to throw around the bedroom 
um, mm. I think. And also, I don't, I'm, I'm six foot, so I'm not super tall, but I am slightly taller than average. And I feel like the moves I have work better on boys that are the same height or shorter than me. When I do hook up with someone who is noticeably taller than me, mm. my moves are a little, they don't, there's like an angle of attack that's not quite the same and there's it, it i struggle to get some of the bits done that i'm trying to do mm. um and i wonder whether uh, it's it's similar to that only the other way around like they 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 like having the big guys on them and they like to feel like small and squished and and helpless and and at the other guys oh that, i'm sorry I guess <laughs> all that. because i oh, feel dear. like that that's how i feel but because i'm so tall i feel like i would would like to be smaller because I feel like my the moves that I've got in my um, arsenal, yeah, arsenal <laughs> are um, are more appropriate for someone smaller. Yes, maybe I I like you. Yeah, I'm six foot one, so most people are shorter than me. But I I oddly do like it when when someone is taller when I'm talking to them because I I it doesn't happen very often, and I quite like the feeling of being a bit shorter. I don't know whether it affects... Yeah, I guess it might affect sexually if someone was taller than me. doesn't happen very often. I don't think there's a problem with this. Again, it's not really... I feel like they're overthinking it, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's not... I mean, I don't think it's a fetish. I just think it's what you like. And so there's nothing wrong with it. There's lots of and- There's lots of straight porn for like massive big muscle muscle tall men and tiny little females and i think there's that that sort of creeps into something that is a bit creepy in some respects because it's mm. a bit it can be a bit pedophilic yeah i there was one like this happened recently i think we might have talked about this on the podcast where some guy was chatting to me on scruff and he had a he like his question to me was what if i was two inches tall and in your pocket and and that was a real he had like a fetish for being tiny and me being a giant and i didn't quite know how to handle that how did you handle that uh (laughs) well i don't think i did Well, you, but, you could have said, well, right now I'm speaking to you on my mobile phone and I'm just going to put you into my pocket. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe I should have been more open to it. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever had that, Scott? Just like, Anyone want you to like, be a giant? Not, not really. Uh, one of my lovers um, liked that I could uh, lift him up easily with one arm. He would, like, grab my hand and I could go like that and lift him because he was a, a skinny little thing and uh, I'm all big and strapping. And um, there was a there was a lovely young man that I, I had a couple of very sweaty and fun evenings with who um, wasn't taller than me, but he was a lot broader than me. And he, he it just felt nice to be held by him. Mm. He, like, he holds you nice. Yeah. Uh, which was... So I think... As long as you're enjoying it and everyone's consensual, I don't think that's that weird. Sorry, love. You're going to have to try a bit harder if you want to be weird. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Okay, I think we've answered that one. So final one. (laughs) Um, What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Mine is... (laughs) Mine is staying at my parents recently and somehow managing to stream a gay porn video to their TV via their TV stick from the spare bedroom. They were downstairs watching something at the time. 
I said I accidentally clicked on a pop-up, but I feel like they know and I can't shake off the cringe. <laughs> Ever since I heard, is that you sending that to the TV being shouted up the stairs? I haven't been the same person. <laughs> um, oh, we, well, this We've is... all been there. What a time to be alive. <laughs> but is that the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? I, d I don't know. I once had, when my mum was compass mentis and not in Shady Pines, um, she used to come and stay with me and uh, I had an Apple TV thing, which sometimes would go into kind of sleep mode and then share pictures from my phone and I suddenly realised there was a dick pic on the TV <laughs> I don't think she noticed and I quickly switched it off and uh, and changed it but she probably would have liked it if she saw it to be honest she might have just and, thought it was a beautiful exotic flower <laughs> she might have done <laughs> <laughs> something by Georgia O'Keeffe I think my yeah. mum knows what a dick <clears throat> is anyway um, <laughs> I'm just looking as at an orchid right now yeah. <laughs> as long as it wasn't your penis I think it would be there'd be an extra layer of awkward there if it was your dick that your mum was looking well at. I was worried that it w might be mine coming up next so yeah I quickly switched it off I, I, I had a similar thing like back in the day uh when I was at university, I had Windows uh, on my like PC thing that I would use for studying, and it had that kind of automatically uses the photos on the hard drive as your screensaver. And quite often, like nudes of me would pop up, and it became a bit of a running joke with my friends. But um, that's not even close. I mean, the number of embarrassing things I've done, and I mean, are we talking about things that I look back on now and think, oh? But at the time, I thought we're okay. Or are we going more kind of really awkward, cringy, accidental kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. Whatever you would like to share, really, Scott. See, the one that comes to mind is one that I've been trying to find an outlet for in, in my podcast. So this is uh, technically an exclusive, I suppose. Um, I certainly haven't used this in, in, any, uh, in, in any probably true episode yet. Um, but um, a couple of years ago, back in the before times... Uh, a friend of mine worked for Recon uh, and they were setting up their annual event. They have their big kind of uh, fetish party. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, it's at fire every year or it used to be. And they needed someone, uh, a, a team of people to kind of come in and help set up the the piss tank and the the spanking saddle and, and all the different <laughs> things that people use for various sexy things. And so I went along and, and helped them because it was like cash in hand, easy peas. And they were like, oh, if you want to stay and actually stay for the party, you can. And I'm like, well, I am actually quite knackered because I've been here since eight o'clock this morning. But yeah, sure, I'm here. I'll have a Red Bull and a sandwich. Why not? And they had like a, a spare jock strap or something that I could wear so I didn't have to like go and find anything particularly kinky. I wasn't particularly comfortable. I don't like being, it's different. I mean, naked is fine, but wearing like a particular kind of getup doesn't really, anyway, this isn't part of the story. And there was this really hot guy who was getting boned in one of the slings that I'd helped set up earlier that day. Uh, and, you know, as, a, as the uh, wanting to take some professional pride in the sling that I had set up, I thought, I'll join the queue. I'll have a go on him while he's in... <laughs> while he's in this sling. So just so I can see how sturdy it is. And also he's really hot, so why not? So I waited my turn. And of course I was enjoying watching everyone else give him one or two. Um, and so finally it got to my turn uh, with this lovely young man. And I was very keen and very excited because it was someone that I'd seen around. So I knew I quite fancied him already and he was having a great time. He was quite happy laid there. But by this point, see, no one had told me that uh, the floor underneath them gets quite slippy with 
let's say lube. <laughs> um, but, but it certainly wasn't just lube. But let's say lube for, for, the, for the purposes of this. And so uh, up, I, up I trot, very, very kind of excited to be uh, doing this guy that I fancied for a while that I've seen around and who is happy to, to for all comers, literally. Um, <laughs> and so in my in my haste to kind of uh, pop it in and start this wonderful moment between us both, I don't notice that the floor just underneath him is covered in fluids. And so as I kind of lean forward so as to begin our little interaction, I slip and lose my balance. And obviously there's not a lot to grab on a sling because there's not much, there's only kind of the frame around the edge and I was a little bit too far forward for that. Uh, so what happened was I slipped, tried to grab something, ended up headbutting him in the crotch and then landed face down in the puddle of slime underneath him <laughs> on the floor. So he's doubled up because I've just nutted him in the balls and I'm drowning in other people's jizz underneath him. And of course, I like I'm, and I get up, and it's all down my front, dripping off my chin and all over my chest. This selection of of uh, bodily fluids, and he's in a lot of pain. And in the end, I had to kind of wipe my face and then kind of help him out of the sling so he could go and hobble and have a drink before deciding whether or not he wanted to come back and have another go. So uh, I didn't get to have a go on on this young man that I'd fancied for so long. And I'm really, really hoping he doesn't recognise me or himself from this story should he hear this podcast. <laughs> Bernie go always ahead. creates brilliant titles for the podcast. <laughs> and I just wondered whether it could this one could be drowning in other people's jizz. <laughs> uh, maybe. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and this was live streamed to your parents now tv stick yes okay. that, that was yeah right. broadcast around the world including <laughs> to my parents i don't think i can beat that one <laughs> <laughs> can you tommy i don't think so well i, mean, I had a few ideas but i um well the, one that was sort of awful uh, an awful thing that happened to me was when I was living in a big house share and I had an attic room and I was chatting to my housemate in her bedroom, which was on a lower floor, in my pyjamas. And then I went up to my attic room and we all just had those massive big dial-up computers it was mm. about years ago, about 20 years ago. And I thought, I'd just have a little wank before I go to bed. <laughs> and so I got the dial-up up and I was just loading up a page. It was a very big room. And little did I know that someone had actually broken into my flat. So there was a burglar in my flat and he was hiding behind the sofa. And I'd just pulled down my pyjama trousers and I was ready to go. And he revealed himself from behind the sofa. So I had to kind of tuck myself back in and like sort of have a fight with this burglar <laughs> and well as it transpired you know we he he ran like we had a fight he ran out the door um but we called the police and they got him and then he was he'd been he burgled lots of people in the area and he was sent to prison but he'd never come face to face with one of his victims <gasps> And so I had this call a year later from his social worker saying, you know, he's doing really well and he really wants to meet you because it was an important 
event in his life <laughs> he came face to face with someone that was just about to have a wank <laughs> and uh, yeah and he was called Matthew Badman uh, and, and, and I'm called Tom Marshman so it felt like a battle of the superheroes <laughs> um, maybe Whoa. he wanted to meet you because he fancied you well he wanted to see where it could have gone well, yeah next. I mean you know it could have been when you said he revealed himself I was hoping for I something different. I was expecting different. him to join in. Yeah, yeah. I was I was expecting yeah. like a porn scene scenario. <laughs> I think that would have been too scary. <laughs> but, well, maybe, but also quite exciting. Um, perhaps. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I live to tell the tale. You have. Well done. <laughs> and, and so has Scott with a face full of jeers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Your turn now, darling. <laughs> I, I, I can hear you kind of steer things away from having I, to uh, I share literally, yours. I mean, everything I do is embarrassing. So it's just, <laughs> if if I went into it, we'd be here all night. So uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over with just the dick pic on my TV in front of my mum. <laughs> but, and also, we've come to the end of the podcast, I feel. Oh, because we've been on is. here for a long time. Scott, thank you nice. so much for joining us the time has flown it's it's been an absolute pleasure please let me come back again i'd i'd love to uh do this more that would be lovely we'd love to have you back um we'd Aww. love to hear more embarrassing tales from you <laughs> oh my god Jesus. although you've made well, a whole podcast you know, out of this right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have to keep doing awful things to myself so to keep you guys uh, satisfied. Was Is it not enough that I almost died by poppers and then almost drowned in jizz? You want more? It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, very, very uh, keen to come back and do it more because you guys are a delight. Oh, thank you. So are you. And, uh, and uh, oh, tell our and, lovely audience uh, oh, yeah. where they can hear your podcast and the like. Oh, in all the best places where you find podcasts and some of the really dodgy ones as well, I bet. Um, <laughs> just search for Probably True. It's called that because my mum listens. She's very proud of me. Uh, everything I talk about is completely true or 99% true at least. And if you want to find me on the internet, just search Scott Flashheart uh, with two H's. Um, and there I shall be, I'm sure. I'm fairly easy to find. You guys are amazing. And I'm oh, glad you do what you do. And I, I love listening to you. Um, and I promise I will make it all the way through an episode at some point. <laughs> maybe uh, you'll maybe you'll make it all the way through this episode. Who knows? Oh, Christ, no. I never listen to my own. Oh, You're exactly like Tommy. Tommy doesn't even listen. No, so <laughs> I have to edit, so I have to listen to it multiple times. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, please say goodbye to our lovely audience. Goodbye, lovely audience. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have. And if you want to uh, hear the tables turned, I'm sure in the next season of Probably True, uh, the lovely Bernie will be joining me for an episode uh, to tell some filthy, filthy stories. To tell some awkward stories, which I haven't revealed tonight. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Tommy, please say goodbye to our lovely audience. Goodbye, lovely audience. Goodbye. Uh, thank you for listening. Please join us next time for What's That Old Queen? You have been listening to What's That Old Queen? Written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hodge Podcasting in 2021. 
If you have a question for the old queens, or you'd like to be a guest, or you want to sponsor a show and give us lots of money, you can email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.